and welcome to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. My name is Jesse, and I'll be your host. So on today's episode, we're going to head over to try Delta Sorority to go and try to pledge. We're going to go to the bowling alley to go steal a trophy, and also just run into a racially ambiguous imp that uh, is going to grant our every wish. But everybody, today we're going to be doing our wonderful, not so wonderful actually, movie, Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bowlerama from 1988. Now, I couldn't just do this thing alone with me. You know, I, I just can't. Because this movie is so terrible and horrible. I needed somebody else to, like, be here with me to just commiserate on it. So, you've heard him on his previous podcast. Um, I don't remember what it was called, but, you know, he had a Cocktail podcast Party before. Massacre. <laughs> Cocktail Party Massacre, if you heard that. Um, we also have uh, another podcast we did for Summer Party Massacre. But... Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, and everything in between, please welcome Pickens Berenger to my show. Pickens, it's been a minute. How have you been? Hello. I'm so Hi. happy to be back. Um, know, right? Doing good. You're. This is literally the first thing I'm doing in 2023. So, you know, starting the year off on a high note. I well, know. seeing you, the movie... Yeah. Not so much, but no, getting no. to see your beautiful face is wonderful. I know, thank you. Same to you. Um, ever since we've recorded, you know, I did have like a random spike in listens, which is wonderful. And our, our episode actually has done fairly good. So I'm glad that people like you and me talking. That's always nice. I love that. Um, yeah, you know, and we most did people mention... want me to shut up. So, you know, it's it's good that some people actually no, want you don't have to talk. talk. <laughs> You also did, um, I will also mention too, because if you if you follow Pickens on Instagram at Party Pickens, please go follow him. Um, you actually uh, did something really wonderful, and I would just want to recount your experience. You were able to meet the one and only Felissa Rose at a screening that you uh, went to a sleepaway camp. Can you please just like tell me and the listeners just just what it was like uh, for that? I just want to know. Oh my gosh. So it's been, she's like top like five people I've always wanted to meet because Sleepaway yeah. Camp is my favorite movie ever. Yeah. Um, and a long time ago, um, mm-hmm. so this wonderful, if you're ever in the Durham area, there is this incredible theater called the Carolina Theater. Mm-hmm. And they do like a lot of retro screenings and they do like a lot that. of film festivals and stuff like that. And a few years ago, they played Sleepaway Camp. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when they do like a special like cult movie or something like with notoriety or something right, to it, right. they usually try to bring like an actress or someone from the film to like come in, give some context. Right. And I was like, please bring Felissa. And allegedly at that time, it was too much um, stuff to handle. We just don't know how it's going to do, yada, yada, yada. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, fine, yeah. whatever. Thankfully, they changed their tune this time around. They did a, uh-huh. they did a very early 40th anniversary screening last year, and they brought Felissa in. And I was so excited. I bought my tickets, I think, like immediately, like as mm-hmm. soon as the post as went up, do. I was like, I bought all the tickets. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. no, we're doing this. It was in November, so it was a little chilly, but... Yeah. I went in full camp gear. You can see the picture on my it's Instagram. It's on his Instagram. Go see it. Yeah, You're I was wearing the short shorts, the crop crop top camp Arawak shirt. I was yes. I was camping it up. Oh my god! And I was actually very disappointed. No one else really dressed up like you know they wore like it was also November pickings. Okay, yeah, it in was. North it Carolina. was. You know, I know. But I appreciate the but, vigor. I appreciate the enthusiasm. Oh yes. So. 
ran into the theater, um, and lo and behold, the first person I run into is her. Actually, she oh was God. like, she's like out in the front, just like you know, talking to people, hanging out. And she looked at me, and she was just like, "Oh my God, I love your outfit!" <laughs> and from there on, Jesus. she, um, you, you know, sometimes the saying is, "Never meet your heroes because they'll always disappoint you." This was yeah. the exact opposite. Oh my she God, was. Yeah so nice and like she yeah. literally spoke to every single person yeah. um and she just took the time she gave a live commentary through the movie which was just in i actually found out things i didn't know about mm-hmm, the movie right, which i'm right. shocked because i thought i knew everything exactly. um yeah and it was just that's I... probably gonna go down as like one of the best days of my life i mean i get it like absolutely i i just i thought i would just find out about it because um super jealous i think it's wonderful um and you know what's so funny i mean the thing is is that like i think in felissa rose in particular is such an interesting example because she really has taken this thing she did when she was 13 and has turned it into a career which some can criticize whether or not that's right or not but i do think that it just shows that like if you're just nice to people and you just treat people who are your quote fans as like just normal people you can actually make a career because she's like literally been in like a bunch of the she's in one of the hatchet movies but like she's literally made something for herself she steals the entire movie her character in that and it's victor crowley and she's the one that she's in and she's incredible yeah and it also goes to show i think the i think it goes to show also just how the horror community we you know we get this like weird like oh we're kooky and we're Mm -hmm. you know we're just a bunch of loving people that like some gore you know we like a little i don't know and it just you know yeah there's no diva or like none of this like no we're real people we're nice yeah i can't she is i can't speak for anybody else because i don't go to the cons or anything like that um we only have one in maryland and it's the monster mania one which is in um Oh New yeah, Jersey. I've been to one of those. Yeah, it's in New Jersey, Maryland, and Pennsylvania. Uh, and they get some good people. Like the biggest one we had, I think, was um, they did have no. That was in New Jersey. They had Michael C. Hall. Oh, I was thinking about it. Oh, I was thinking about it because I love him for uh, Six Feet Under. I don't care about Dexter. Oh, so yes, that is yeah. A good no, show. he was really good. And also Julie Benz was there, and I was thinking of it. Ooh, I was thinking of it because I wanted that jawbreaker thing signed so bad, honey. Ooh, for what I've noticed with like con like, conventions yeah. usually like what i've noticed is like your your standard cult favorite is going to be super nice and super awesome yeah. and like i mean d wallace very much like right. she's a exactly icon. and sometimes you will get the i won't say a-lister but like a b-lister yeah you might come in and be a little ooh, a little disappointing yeah sometimes. I don't know yeah. who you'd be referring to. Jamie Kennedy seems nice. He has a YouTube channel oh, where he Jamie talks Kennedy about. Oh, Jamie Kennedy is super nice. Yeah, he seems nice, and I feel like even someone like a Nev Campbell might be kind of nice. I feel like she'd be out. Yeah, but again, she's at the a certain only... level in her career. I don't know. Not to become a celebrity gossip podcast, but no, we sh- do only, it. Do it. The only person in well, actually, okay, I don't want to speak ill of the dead. But I did have um, a slight unfortunate run-in with uh, Gunner, yeah, Gunner Hansen. Oh yeah, um, 
I've heard and that it, well, too. It's because so you know everyone was getting him to sign Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre stuff. Yeah. I wanted to be the different outlier, and also because no, Linnea Quigley was at the same convention. Oh my god! So yes. I wanted to be bang for my buck. I asked him to sign my Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers uh, I love DVD, that. and he was not thrilled that I oh gave that. He did sign it. Yeah. But he looked well, at you me and money. was just, oh yeah, I paid him for it. So he signed it. But he was not thrilled that I brought that to his attention. Oh God. Yeah. Cause he's and just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and apparently I, I can't say this is true cause I haven't experienced it, but I've heard apparently Jamie Lee Curtis can also be a little, if you bring her a non Halloween horror related thing, uh-huh. apparently she can be a little like, upset. so y'all don't bring your terror train stuff to, to her, I guess, apparently. But terror um, train is so good. Terror train is so good. And I also told Pickens yesterday that terror train and terror train two on Tubi are on there. And I think I just changed his life for a minute. Uh, not really, I had but no idea. There was a sequel. It, it's a real thing. And they just came out. And I, I, they look like horrible. Also, go listen to Daniel Harris's podcast so you can listen to her and Scout Taylor Compton talk yes. about how they didn't have a good experience with Jamie Lee Curtis. We're not going to talk about they it right now. Either. But they didn't either. But go listen to it. It's really interesting because oh, that is Hollywood, I, I, everybody. That it's podcast, crazy. I'm so happy I discovered it because I it love Scout Taylor Compton and I have met Daniel Harris and she is also just as nice. She as seems like a sweetheart. Like I feel like both of them would be really cool because, I mean, yeah. both of them literally, I mean, Daniel Harris is an icon. Don't tell mom the babysitter's <laughs> dead, Halloween, all this stuff. And then Scout Taylor Compton was like kind of a random teen celebrity for a minute. And then she be- was yeah. in the Halloween movies. I the really Rob Zombies. Back, back I at like, she needs, she needs to, they need to, she's a good actress. Yeah. She was a bad. good Lori. Was it, the writing was the problem but I, with that one. But I also love how we're just going to get right back to the movie that we're going to talk about but here's yeah, we're, here's we're the thing about movie. <laughs> i know here's the thing y'all i needed to know all about this because it's very interesting but also like this movie so my history with this film sorority babes and the slime ball bolorama so if you listen to the previous episode we did uh we talked about david Dicato um and how this is his first movie he did and go watch it on like 2b or whatever the hell right <laughs> so my history with it was that i found this probably from being on 2b or like shutter or something but I, depending on my month or whatever, sometimes subscribe to the Dead Meat Patreon. Uh, go listen to Dead Meat if you haven't. They're a great YouTube channel, podcast, all that good stuff. And a commentary track that they have on their Patreon is Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bolorama that they did with a um, friend of theirs named Lizzie. And so I think I listened to it with this episode, I guess, that they did on it. And so my understanding of it was listening to... James, James, Janice, and Chelsea Rebecca, like, and their friend, talking about this movie. And I mean, it's, they didn't, they didn't mind it. It's a bad movie, but that was my probably introduction to it, I guess. Uh, I, I've seen it a couple different times because this film is really something where it's like a train wreck you can't look away from, I guess, because it's not good. <laughs> but, um, it, it is sleazy late 80s like a movie that is i guess a cult classic and we'll get into why that is but but uh that's my history with it really i watched it last night and the sequel we'll talk about it but uh but pickens i want to know uh what is your history with the sorority babes in the slime ball bolorama oh gosh i mean i mean everyone should have a history with sorority babes in the slime ball bolorama <laughs> <is> right <laughs> i guess um i discovered it a little earlier um mm-hmm. 
I was probably in my, I was probably like in my early twenties, probably. Sure, sure. You know, it's just it was one of those titles that just kept mm-hmm. kept coming up. It's like you know, sure. I mean, it's a t- that title grabs you like it does. Hello. It does. Yeah, like what could this be about? Who knows? Mm-hmm. And then I think you know, so I, I definitely was always on the list. This will kind of actually also get to why it, this is kind of notorious because yeah. I watched Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers first, uh-huh. okay, and then from there, there I just really started discovering Linnea Quigley and mm-hmm. then just going through her filmography. And then I found out, oh, Michelle Bauer that's in Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers with Linnea Quigley. She is like a big star in these yeah, B movies. Yeah. Oh, and Brink Stevens from Summer Party Massacre. She's yeah. like one of so Which you they're love. all they're considered the big the three uh the yeah. the, the, the B Queens. Sure. Yeah. And this is one of like a few movies that all three of them appeared in together. Yes. And so from there I was like, oh, I unfortunately, though, did not have a streaming service at the time that had it. Um, YouTube didn't have it. So I ended up having to buy a DVD copy of it on Amazon. And I want to say it was $15 or $20 used because it was out of print. Yeah. They just upcharged. So. Yeah. I bought that, and I bought oh gosh, what is it? I bought two full moon feature DVDs. One of those ones, yeah. I yeah. know that's not yeah, Puppet the Master. other one. It's not Puppet Master. It was a uh, uh, Slave Girls from Beyond Infinity. Oh, okay, so yeah. that's yeah, actually on Roku. Actually, funny enough, um, I was right, watching and, this on that, and it was like the next recommended thing to watch was that movie. <laughs> I will say this: it is much better than Sorority that. Babes and the Slimeball Bolorama, but that's also because. That. It is a basically sleazy future alien remake of the most dangerous game. That sounds like yeah. fun. And a lot Everybody of really fun map paintings. Yeah. I'm a slut for map paintings. Okay, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. You're a slut for a few different things but yes. too, but So good. I watched it in my early so I watched Sorority Babes sure. in my early twenties and uh uh-huh. I watched it at midnight in pitch black darkness. I'm pretty sure I was high also. That might have, yeah. So I remember enjoying it and I was like, oh yeah, this is fun. Yada, yada. Yeah. And then I rewatched it last night uh, mm, for the first time in probably at least seven or eight years. Okay. And it did not hold up. Yeah. yeah we'll, was, we'll talk a little bit uh, about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but before we, you know, so as we move into this, though, we're going to go into a few figures about this film as we do, just to go over some of this and the cast and characters, but we'll talk about why this movie just doesn't work and it's really bad. Uh, but hey, if you're a bad movie connoisseur and you haven't already seen it, it might be might be part of your oeuvre. Anyway, so this movie, Sorority Babes and Slimeball Bolorama, or Bolorama as Pickens likes to say, was directed by David Ducato. It was written by a guy named Sergei Hassanez, uh, your Russian guy, is mine on that Eastern one. European guy, and it was produced by David Dakota and uh, John Showweiler, and it was released. Now, this is a direct-to-video release, so apparently it was released according to IMDb, January 29th, nineteen eighty-eight, and it was a budget of about ninety thousand dollars, is what we estimate. There's no box office information because this is direct-to-video, and Full Moon's not going to give us all that. We're looking at about a thirty-six percent audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. A 4.9 out of 10 on IMDb, and a 2.7 out of 5 on Letterboxd. For our wonderful cast of characters, we have uh, some people that Pickens have already said, but Linnea Quigley is Spider. 
That's her name. Just Spider. Andreas Jones as Calvin. Robin Rochelle or Robin Still as Barbara Babs Peterson. Carla Baron as Frankie. I believe she's one of the sorority girls. Kathy Obrecht as Rhonda, one of the other sorority girls. John Stewart Wildman as Keith, one of the gross boys. Hal Havens as Jimmy, one of the gross boys of Calvin's. Brink Stevens, wonderful, as Taffy. That's just her name, Taffy. Michelle Bauer, as we said, for Lisa, which is she's one of the pledges with Brink Stevens. Dookie Flyswatter, which I don't think that's his actual name, but he is Uncle MB. I don't think it is. Uh, And then George, also known as Buck Flower, as the janitor of the Bolarama. Now, we have some critical response quotes from... As I do oh, my I've ex- show, I've been looking, I've been waiting I, I have for this two one. of them. I have two of them. They're on Rotten Tomatoes, and they're actually favorable. So we have Jeffrey M. Anderson from Combustible Celluloid, who says, "Surely one of the most ridiculous, enjoyable B movies of the 1980s." That's pretty general. And then we have Felix Vasquez Jr. from Cinema Crazed, who says, "It's trash. There's no arguing that." But in the end, it's entertaining trash. Okay, Felix. All right. Valid, I guess. But yeah, that's what we're looking at in terms of just some figures of the movie. I like how I just have those quotes because they're just on, like, I don't know. That was a publication that they probably have. And they were like, let's just pull these into Rotten Tomatoes, I guess. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about how this movie came to be, I guess. And just some background information before we move to any kind of plot summary. So we got to talk a little bit about David Dicado. All right. So David Dicado, first off, is a gay man who made this movie. This is his first movie. Well, actually, second movie, really. Um, the first movie he ever did, uh, his story is that... He's probably like 60 by now or something like that. Anyway, but he came out to, he's from Canada, I believe. And he is one of the Roger Corman people. So we talked about Roger Corman a little bit with Slumber Party Massacre because he did produce those. And that was his female series. But this, he worked for New World Pictures, which I believe was a Roger Corman studio that he owned or was part of an owner. If you notice, or if you remember, everybody, uh, New World Pictures did Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, uh, and then promptly went out of business not too long after. And also did Heathers as well. So that happened too. So this was a... uh, He... David Dakota was working at New World Pictures as a PA, and as happens in Roger Corman land, like, you know, uh, how Amy Holden Jones did it, Rodman Flender did it, a couple different people did it. You work for Roger, and he'll let you direct something if you do good work, I guess. And I just guess David did some good work, apparently. Uh, his first movie he did was Creepazoids, which uh, we'll get into, because uh, I haven't seen that movie, but it, it does tie into this movie a little bit. It is, and... it is, it is kind of fun. It is kind of fun, which also had Linnea Quigley in it. Um, That was his first movie, and this was his second movie that he did. And literally, I don't know how he came to do it. I think maybe he was just tasked with like, hey, go make this movie. That is David Dicato doing this, so it was his second feature. He has now gone on to really be a king of low-budget cinema. I mean, he's definitely done probably another full moon feature or two. He was involved in the sequel oh, that he happened. Is, he has done a, a crap ton. I, I yeah. call him the 80s Ed Wood because sure. fast okay. production, very low-grade you know, yeah. quality, but you know, they're not going to be boring. <laughs> no, they're not going to be. And he I seems to know, I guess, um, what men watching these pictures want to see i guess because even he though he himself is a gay like. exactly he knows what guys want. 
<laughs> oh my god yeah no he he does um i yeah i also think it's really interesting so he's gone on to do these different films but then also so one of the big things he did was uh i think you talked to me about it before pickens we were we were dming back and forth but like it was 1313 what was it called so he did in like the the early 2010s yeah okay he started doing a film a film series called like they're 1313 and they like there's like 1313 killer bees 1313 yada 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 they all are filmed in the exact same mansion like the the location is the same in every movie which is like one of his gay friends probably right oh yeah yeah honestly it does look like something straight out of a gay porn i'm just saying um who knows but uh anyway had no idea you know i thought david dakota like went away with the 80s i I thought he's not doing anything lo and behold i was in georgia of all places at a red box with one of my friends he's also a big horror geek and he was like and he knew i loved linnea quigley and like i like the bee queens and all that and he was like oh the red box by me has a movie with linnea quigley called cougar cult and i was like what what sure enough 1313 cougar cult stars not only Linnea Quigley but we have Michelle Bauer and we have Brink Stevens as you do and it is also the whole film series itself the 1313 film series are Cinemax quality softcore homoerotic yes features so essentially the movie is like an hour and like some change uh-huh. and i want to say a good 30 to 40 percent of that runtime are slow motion shots of men young hunky men showering yes. with like full dick? horrible effects no you don't get to see full dick unfortunately but you see some ass and you see some abs That's and fair. just a lot of rubbing a lot of rubbing like huh. they're fil- they're showering like sleazy 80s slasher movie would have a girl shower like it's yeah it's just but it's a long like multiple long i am talking multiple shower scenes long really they're those boys are really clean apparently shower scenes are the sex scenes for this weird homoerotic thing and they're filmed in like three to five days i i love that um because that's just david Ducato in a a nutshell uh my experience is also i was finding there's this wonderful youtuber who made an ultimate degrassi video her name is Jane. Go look her up. It's great. Um, if you're a Degrassi fan, it's a great video on YouTube. But she also talks about other bad movies, and it's really fun. But one of the things she talked about was Lifetime movies uh, and how bad they are, which of course they are. But there is actually a film series called The World, or no, The Worst. Okay? So it's The Worst film series. And they're all directed by David Ducato. I think either under different names, because that's one of the things he does too, is he'll do different pseudonyms um, and all that kind of stuff, which is kind of fun. But anyway, he directed all of these movies called The Worst. So we're talking like The Worst Roommate, The Worst Real Estate Agent, The Worst Cheerleader. And it's pretty much like a, I know, it's pretty much like a, a film where like somebody, some young girl... 
I guess, ends up getting into some kind of relationship, not with a man, but with like a, uh, gets some kind of social relationship with like somebody who is the worst and is like evil, apparently. And then, you know, hilarity ensues after that. And all of these movies pretty much all star Vivica A. Fox, which is hilarious. Um, and is just, uh, that's just David Ducato in a, a nutshell, is that he. Modern day Ed Wood. Yeah, modern day Ed Wood, just... he. I think he knows he's a mediocre filmmaker, I guess, but he's okay with that. Like, he's totally fine with, like, yeah, I'm not, like, Ang Lee or, like, Spielberg, okay? But I know where I lie, okay? Like, I am, not that Ang Lee's amazing or anything, but, like, I'm just saying, like, he knows where he lies. <laughs> he really does. Yeah. Well, same um, like, Linnea Quigley, she always said that she is a blue-collar actress. You yes. know, she, it's, it's a, yeah. it's a... It's a similar, prof- it's the same profession, but it's just a different, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. $90,000 instead of $900 million, you know? Exactly. Right, exactly. And, and that's the thing, is that a lot of that is just there. Um, so that's David Ducato, in a nutshell, is that he has just gone on to have his career. We're not going to talk too much about just, like, the cast in general, but of course we got to talk a little bit about just the three in general, like, you know, in the Linnea Quigley. We already talked a little bit about Michelle uh, Bauer and... Briggs Stevens. So Linnea Quigley, as we already know or may not know, um, Iowa girl went out to California to make her dreams come true. She ended up starring in a movie called Fairy Tales, where she got naked for the first time. And she just kind of was like a work journeyman actress, I guess, uh, to a point until she hit her big break, I think, with Return of the Living Dead. And then once she had that, she then was able to get other roles like in creepazoids and in you know like i said return of the living dead she was in night of the demons which is an excellent movie and she's just made Silent herself night, deadly career. night oh yeah that one too yep you're right and she's just been able to kind of have that for herself which is cool we also have to give we did it on the other episode as well but of course robin um still robin um what was her name in this yeah it's robin still i consider her uh or robin rochelle i believe is how she also was known so yeah she's in i know her as robin her. still yeah, I know her as this and Slumber Party Massacre, but I was actually just watching the Joe Bobs. He did this movie on his like first marathon he ever did on Shutter, and yeah, so pretty much like she was in those movies and a couple different ones. Unfortunately, she did succumb to alcoholism and she uh, unalived herself in 1996. Not to bring the room down or anything, but again, it's just I actually think she could have been a perfectly good B movie actress if she didn't. I really, she was really. Movies. I mean, the range she played, you know know good girl trish and yeah. slumber party massacre yeah and she played like a like very like you know sassy in controlled almost dominatrix style and babs yeah. in this one sure and and she absolutely could have been in that same wheelhouse as michelle and brink and all of these other people um mm-hmm. you know so Anyway, rest in peace, girl. We still love you. All right, listen. Michelle Bauer is an interesting one. Um, I know you love Brink, so I'll let you talk about Brink, I guess. But Michelle Bauer uh, previously did pornography before. Hey, get your bag, girl. Um, pretty sure that either this or maybe a movie beforehand uh, was kind of a big break for her. But that she also ended up in like Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers and just other B movies. Uh, but she's just like an interesting lady, you know. She seems she's very kind of fun. expressive eyes. She and Brink both have a very yeah. their faces are very expressive yeah 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 and then i'll let you talk a little bit about brink and just because these are the stars oh. of this movie really the boys are so annoying yeah they're they're <laughs> yeah 
not even bit, worth whatever. it. Maybe Calvin a little bit, but uh, yeah. And Brink Steven, she completes the trilogy. Yeah. Um, you know, she found out from you um from jesse actually last night she's a director now because she directed she the sequel yes she did yeah. and we'll talk about it jesus lord oh but she is a director yeah, I, yeah she's yeah, but director. She, she's in yeah but she was in the same the same wheelhouse you know she yeah. was in slumber party massacre um mm-hmm. first and role, she I think. was just in one of her first roles yeah yeah she was actually also in Slave Girls from Beyond Infinity, which was the other that, full moon that. Uh, picture that I saw. But yeah, and she is still working to this day. She's now apparently mm-hmm. directing and she will yes. make some cameos. And mm-hmm. yeah, she's just living living her best life. Probably, probably there is actually, the Oh, yeah. Um, if, you, if you ever want to get more information <laughs> on especially these three, there is this really great documentary called Screaming in High Heels. And it kind of is all about this like specific time, the direct-to-video market with the mm-hmm, full moon mm-hmm. features and some Roger Corman yeah. joints. And yeah. they interview all three of them. And actually, they do a little segment on David Dakota because he kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. I think, helped elevate their career and everything yeah. um, by casting them and everything. Um yeah, but it's a really it's a really fascinating documentary and it also does show like how conventions and stuff yeah. like really kind of revitalize and save like you know they were kind of after the direct to video market kind of failed um yeah. they were not really getting work and then thankfully because of the conventions it got mm-hmm. interest back up and now they're they're living a good life. They are, yeah. And I think that's just so interesting to kind of talk about. And and I think we'll mention it a little bit, too. You know, um, I talked about it in my Scream episode about just how horror evolved and why Scream was, I guess, kind of important to this genre. But we, I also think can talk a little bit about, I mentioned a little bit of it on there, but I think because this movie is very much... It's a full moon movie. It was direct to video movie and all. For anybody who doesn't already realize, I mean, it was a pretty big deal in the 80s to have a direct to video market. I think it's important to mention this um, because my podcast in general is about these cult classic movies that generally people watched in their youth or that they found later in their life or maybe it didn't do as good or whatever. So when you think about film as a whole, and me and Pickens, I don't think are like film majors or anything. We didn't study this. I studied theater. When it comes to movies as a whole, okay, you had obviously like the 50s and 60s, Marlon Brando, and like, you know, these different actors that are like coming up in the actor's studio and making their film debuts in Hollywood as a whole, right? And these different like big movies. Then you have 60s and 70s. Again, you have that wheelhouse. So you have like Psycho and you have like um, Night of the Living Dead and Rosemary's Baby and stuff. 70s, of course. Pushing the envelope. Yeah. And then uh, 70s, has people like you know Wes Craven, John Carpenter, um, David Cronenberg, uh, who are doing their thing, right? But when you think about film, it's hard to believe, but people, especially if you're older, uh, you didn't always, you didn't have the ability to have home video. A movie would just come out, and it would just come out and if it bombed it bombed if it didn't it would continue going because that's how business and maybe works. if you're lucky it would sh- it would play on television at or some it would point. release um or something yeah. like that but like the the fact that in the late 70s to 80s you could have laser disc and you could have vhs's which are now out of date but still beloved by people 
but the fact that you could have physical media i think just really kind of helped with just the fandom as a whole with different genres and then also just it lets something like sorority babes even though it's horrible be able to be created and give these people a chance to have a career too um do you have anything to add to that though the reason why they have a career is because because hollywood it took a long time for them to get on board with the vhs market in general um but there's first before we do you know how expensive like to buy a vhs was i saw like it there's a class if you google slumber party massacre vhs you will mm-hmm. see a 79.99 price tag and this is like mm-hmm. in 80s money so like yeah they were expensive so were. renting was the preferred method like you right. know a video store a company could buy the tapes mm-hmm. people would rent them but hollywood was very like yeah the studios did not want they they were trying to come up with a concept where you would have to buy a movie every time if you wanted to watch it. They were right. like worried about making money. And like right. they really only gave them, I think, 10 years or older catalogs. It would not give them anything new. Exactly. So the turnout was really slow, but yeah. people were eating this stuff up. You know, they were like, oh, I can rent this and watch it anytime I want, rewind. Mm-hmm. And that's how the direct to video home market kind of came yeah. in. These people were like, there's a demand for video. We need video and Hollywood's, you know, they're taking their sweet yeah. time. Um, so go. that's how it, that's how it all happened. You know, they, yeah. uh, because of this, there's this market boomed and, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, people, you know, they're getting a, you know, a shitty $90,000 budgeted film, yeah. but yeah. it was the fact I can bring this home and watch it. I can rewind mm-hmm. it. I can jerk off to the nude scenes in exactly. the privacy of my own home exactly right and that's what it is and also i think uh, hollywood was probably a little apprehensive because of the fact that now this means that you have to make a whole new branch of your company for home video you have to hire people you have to do all this but film in itself though has always been changing and always you know i mean and hollywood is always a few steps behind. I was ex- that's exactly yeah. what I was going to bring up. They yeah. it took a long time for them to transition to silent films, and then they were very apprehensive with television and yeah. you know it, it, or sound nowadays or streaming. color, <laughs> right? Yeah, sound, color, anything that costs money, and we're living it now with streaming. You know, they were yeah. very apprehensive with streaming, and now every mm-hmm. you know every studio wants their own streaming service now. It's just like, exactly girl, get with the it's true and i and it's also interesting too because with these actresses especially not saying they're not wonderful but like people like Lydia they're not getting Quigley, nominated for oscars anytime exactly soon. people like Lydia quigley and Briggs stevens and um god who else there is like uh, they're not in a part of the mainstream of hollywood uh but they get to have a career in a way and other folks too get to have this that aren't just in again you have traditional hollywood but then you also have this lower budget direct-to-video type market which still is around um and again it's more streamers that's why tubi is an interesting thing too because it's a free thing for people so it's equitable for people to get um but it also has a lot of people who are independent who are putting stuff on there 
Um, so it's just yeah, really it's interesting how you can have that's, that. That's how they get the exposure now because we don't rent mm-hmm. movies anymore. Sadly, exactly. I do miss Sadly, I do miss that too because we're old ladies, and so we definitely remember. You know, uh, we only had like a Blockbuster where I lived. We didn't have like a mom and pop shop like that. But even that's what you had before you had Blockbuster, and the fact that also Blockbuster. Uh, really fumbled their bag with not buying Netflix out when they had the chance, which happened. Go watch the Lock Blast Blockbuster if you want to. It's a kind of fun little documentary about it. And uh, my boyfriend actually just got that for me on a VHS. Oh, the the last Blockbuster. Yeah, someone made like a VHS copy of it, and he got it for me for uh, for my Christmas present. <laughs> gotcha. That's cute. Oh my god. But back to sorority babes. See, we're gonna go on a little tangents because right. We were we we notice how we have not even started to talk about the movie at all. Spoiler alert. That's there's a reason. There's a reason for it because there's not much to it. But the production of this film started and ended. I have heard nine to twelve days. I would say that's I what I've heard. I've heard in 1987 in September. Uh, it was in California, of course. Some of the filming locations included uh, the Plaza Cam- uh, Camino Real, Real, I think. That's like the uh, the mall, mall that they went to. And then the Eagle One Bowl, which was a part of that, I think, like mall area. This was also but such it was a... not uh, connected. Like the movie it was not wanted connected. you to make it think. It was yeah, it a separate wasn't. location. And also a fun little thing, too, is that because of the low budget of this movie, kind of like in Chopping Mall. Oh, we'll talk about Chopping Mall one day. But uh, they had to wait. They had to wait for the mall and the bowling alley to close at nine o'clock. And then they would just shoot until the morning, which is really funny uh, because they didn't have the money to deal with it. And then also the imp as well. Um, He had a higher voice in some of the trailers that we have. Um, And then... uh, they gave him this they like re-dubbed. jive voice interestingly <laughs> weirdly enough um also a little fun fact and i don't know if you've seen it i haven't um david Dakota, because he's economical decided to take the cast of this movie or at least the girl cast i think he then used these same sets pretty much to make a movie called nightmare sisters so you know what? he's economical I mean, dude he is economical he is an <laughs> economical is. faggot he really is he and it's fun to do it yeah exactly my favorite my favorite fun fact about this movie is according to david dakota apparently it was pretty much an open bar and oh, i love that they were the whole cast and crew were just basically s- slightly buzzed throughout most of the scenes they were in that sounds about which right. now knowing this this piece of knowledge and like rewatching the performances i was like mm. mm-hmm. okay that's fair i get it uh, yeah. no, it's it's so true. Uh, I also love uh, Linnea Quigley's use of the word, uh, the term "little prick" to little talk about prick, the little prick. I love that. Oh my god, it's so great. This... Oh, and speaking of the imp, that was the original title. The oh imp. yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah, the imp. Although nobody knew what the imp was, so they were just like, you know, instead of doing that, we're gonna do this other movie, Slime uh, Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bolorama. Um, so I was like, okay, great, wonderful. This movie also, um, again, so it's just some random things. So of course, Charlie Band was involved with this. I'm not a full moon person, really, and I don't have the history of it. But Charlie Band, uh, he's one of the people it's like Roger Charles. Corman and Charles Band. Sorry, Char- um, yeah, Charles Band is yeah, he is the I guess you would say Roger Corman's rival. Sure. 
Yeah. He, and and then Trauma's just like in there the, He's <laughs> the... I, I, I would consider him the snake salesman version of Roger Corman. That's Roger fair. Corman made trash, but he knew how to, he knew how to put it like a production yeah. into it to make it not look like trash. It was exactly. elevated trash. Elevated um, trash. Everybody. Charles, uh, Charles Brand kind of, he kind of didn't really care as much about production. Mm-hmm. He just wanted output, output, and there is slight controversies with him. Sometimes he did not necessarily get the rights to the movies that he released. Um, <laughs> I think good. he notoriously released Texas Chainsaw. He was like really early into the, he saw the future of video mm-hmm. and he released Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I think without even getting the rights to it because it was the wild west. They didn't have copyright laws for home video. No, they didn't. Um, so he kind of he's done some shady things, but Full yeah. Moon is still alive and well. They're still making it stuff. Is. They're still making stuff, and they're still cranking it out. He also has a son that apparently was in a band that had like a one-hit wonder song. I don't remember what the song was, but go look it up. Charles Band's um, son. He was in some band in the early two thousands. But anyway, I'm trying to see if there's anything else kind of fun. Oh, apparently, uh, well, we'll get into it when we talk about the plot because there's a fun little fact about one of the sex scenes in here, but. Anyway, um, yeah, I know, right? Um, this is also, uh, before we move into a plot summary of this, we also uh, are going to talk not too much about horror hosts, but uh, this movie in particular, somehow or another, uh, became kind of a staple on the uh, programming block of USA called Up All Night with Rhonda Shear. Um, Which I do not understand because, A, first of all, I mean, they would have, they had to at least cut, like, all the like nudity half out. I don't really get what I, I don't know. I, I want to see a TV cut of this and just see like, I do too. What, what was it? The title? Was it just, it was all night. Was it, there was yeah. just attractive women. I don't know. I do not know. I think it was all of the above. Um, Mr. Berenger. Um, I think that's what it was. Uh, and also just like, so if you don't already know, Rhonda Shear, uh, rest in peace, Gilbert Gottfried as well. Um, so USA had a answer to kind of what I guess Elvira had been doing a little bit. And then also like kind of Joe Bob, I guess, too, to a point. Although Joe Bob yeah. didn't go on um, public TV or more so affordable TV because he was on the movie channel. And I think he was also on, on Showtime, I think, or one of those it things was, didn't pay it, for. It. It, it, it was the movie channel and then TNT with and monster then he Vision. transitioned to tnt and he hated it because yeah like i mean it's his censored. most successful thing really um mm-hmm. with monster vision that's what most people know him from um and also yeah. his books and reviews and stuff but uh i do like me some joe bob i didn't grow up with him though i love me some joe bob and i, I love his um his stuff on shutter shutter series like, is, is really good yeah, uh darcy male girls everything great. love her but yeah it's just like i know but um but Rhonda Shear was one of those people, is that, uh, but anyway, Gilbert Gottfried was also part of Up All Night at first. He actually uh, was a part of that, where he was doing the hosting of some of these movies, not the horror movies, though, a ton, I don't think. Okay, but Rhonda I was, was say, another one as well. I could not imagine Gilbert Gottfried, and this movie, <laughs> he we're going to watch, yeah, just like, okay. I, he did. I don't know. <laughs> But he did. Um, so he and Rhonda Shear, I think, were actually kind of like uh, 
co-host pretty much but then it kind of Rhonda Shear because she was a pretty lady who was like yeah pretty model lady um kind of edged him out a little bit sex cells and also you know so she Please was the one who me think about edging and gilbert gottfried in the same sentence listen i know you. i'm sorry how dare i but anyway no but she kind of um she was the more popular one because a she's pretty lady and b also it's not even like she was a huge horror fan we're not talking like elvira who is a down and deep horror fan i think Rhonda Shear just knew what kind of worked and also the fact that you could show like Nightmare, uh, not Nightmare on Elm Street, I don't think, but like Friday the 13th was something that they would show on USA and have that on Up All Night and things of that sort. I guess it makes sense that it would, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, how do you show this movie as a TV cut? Like, what do you do? That, yeah, like the other, anyway. like, there's other ones that like I get, like, you know, but I don't know. This one has like, yes, all Roger Corman and Full Moon joints, they typically have sure. gratuitous nudity in it. But this one felt like a little bit, like, there was full frontal, which was rare. It's usually just it was, yeah. yeah. But this one had a lot of full frontal. Yeah. Agreed, agreed. But yeah, I mean, horror hosting is one of those things where, you know, we just don't have it as much anymore. I think you definitely have, uh, the only thing you do have now really is um, Joe Bob. Uh, if you get Shutter, I guess and you did have Elvira just being just still generally in pop culture, which is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And I think she should also come back with her own thing if she wants to. I just know that she's not going to be in the makeup anymore because I did cover her movie a couple weeks ago. But I, uh, I think if anything, I'd love to have her do something where somebody could be a horror host for her uh, or something like that. Would be really fun. Or they could uh, do an animated. Animated. Um, animated thing too oh because she's doing the scooby-doo thing where she does that which is great and then i think also just some of the because of youtube too i mean arguably something like dead meat is kind of monopolized a little bit of that not to say i mean i love you guys but like it is it's true like more people who are trying to break into that sphere have to deal with the fact that it's like oh but is it like dead meat or oh, is it like mm-hmm. this? You know what I mean. Uh, but there are I'm smaller creators out there the who also. Do that. Yeah, I'm all for the horror host returning though, because yeah, you know, really that I mean that's why we're we're sitting here today talking about this movie that we should yeah. have no business even know existed. It's because True. we had we had those cable um, icons yeah. introduce this movie to us, explain it to us, tell us yeah. about it, you know, and we just. Hey, it's three o'clock in the morning. Let's, yeah, let's watch. Do it. Let's watch this stupid, yeah. stupid shit. Um, but yeah. without further ado, though, uh, reluctantly, we're going to be talking about the plot summary of Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolarama. So I have my wonderful Wikipedia plot summary. So we open wait, our film. Wait, wait, before, before you start, y'all, just this. remember, the title is called Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolarama. Just... Just picture, just before you pause, try to just, try to think, what do you think this could be about? You're wrong. I'm just letting you know you're wrong. All of it. Jesse, take it away. Tell them the plot. So here's my plot, and you're going to kind of come into it as well. So we start the movie with our title sequence that looks like it's on a PowerPoint. It's like pink and purple, I think. 
of just word art um, of sorority babes in the slime ball bolorama with the dankest of songs here with darkness or something. It's a really good song um, just playing over. So we don't get much except for just this title sequence. Then we are uh, introduced to this movie playing on a TV where you see these three guys uh, in a room together. Uh, this movie that's on the TV is actually uh, the uh, the feature film debut of David Dakota, which is Creepazoids, uh, which I was talking about earlier that had Linnea Quigley in it. So that's the movie that's actually playing on the TV. But we get introduced to our nerdy frat boys. The nerdy means that they all have well, actually, two of them have glasses on. The other one's just fat and eats a lot, apparently. Relatable. You have Calvin, Jimmy, and Keith. So Calvin is played by Andreas Jones. Jimmy, I believe, is played by Hal Havens. And then Keith is played by John Stuart Wildman. He's the uh, bigger of the two. And so Jimmy they're at their uh, little fraternity dressed, house. They're a little fraternity house. Jimmy looks and dresses like he's 45. He really does. He just... He had... Yeah. And also, they're sitting in the, like, the whole wall is just covered with naked women. Like, just a lot of, a lot of, like, penthouse cutouts. Yes. And I just, I, I don't know. Like, yes, I do have a calendar of naked men hanging in my bedroom. Hey, listen. And straight men. Do we, is this what we do? Is that, is that a thing that actually happens? Or was that David Dakota just thinking, Straight men like boobs. We're going to put boobs on the wall. Oh, I don't know, man, because that's pretty much what we get. Um, But they are talking about, they're just talking about bro stuff. I don't know. Just some bullshit about like, you know, oh, hey, like. Let's go check on the sorority chicks. Um, Apparently the. It felt improvised. Yes. The Keith guy, I think has insinuated that he might have had sex before, or maybe he felt someone up, but I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm into bears and all that kind of shit, and whatever, I I myself am. But, like, I would not touch him with a 10-foot pole, bitch. Like, what do you mean? Like, anyway. So they then go and spy on the Tri-Delta sorority, which they pretty much walk over to this house um, that I don't know how far away is from theirs, but they get over there somehow. And we are then introduced to... uh, Okay, so we have this big sorority house, y'all, okay? And it only has five three, people in it? Th- well, it, they have three members and only two pledges. Flop. Flop, 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 flop. Flop. In this big AK, house. AKA, they could only afford five people to be in this movie. Could, but, that's true. Know. But we are introduced to Babs Peterson, played by Robin Rochelle, Robin Still, whatever you Who call her. Who is giving huge Samantha Jones energy. Yes, yes. She has her bob going on, but she does give good mm-hmm. Samantha Jones energy. Very Kim Cattrall a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. We got Frankie, played by Carla Barron, and then Rhonda, played by Kathy O'Brecht, who are kind of like her little flunkies or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So they're in here, they're getting ready in their, like, fucking, you know, they're getting in front of the mirror. Their boobs aren't out quite yet, but we're going to get to that in a minute. But they're getting ready. Um, literally, they all look like they're in their 30s. I don't know what we're supposed to believe. This is just how filmmaking was, everybody. But they anyways, were in college. They were in college. But they were like adult students, you know what I mean? Kind of like non-traditional. They were super, people. super, super seniors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much so. But anyway, so they're just getting ready. And then they do this little sizzle thing, which I don't understand. But whatever. They have their pledges waiting downstairs. Who are the icons of icons? You have Taffy. I don't know why her name is Taffy, 
but her name's Taffy. And Lisa, played respectively by Brink Stevens and Michelle Bauer. And they're just like, well, we have to, you know, don't you want to make something of yourself in college? Like, we have to get into this for sorority. And so they're just talking, I guess. And so then the other three come downstairs and they're like, you know, pledges, you're not supposed to talk, pretty much, all this kind of stuff. We'll talk a little bit about, probably just throughout, about this. Uh, spoiler alert, if you want to go watch the uh, the sequel or whatever, the sequel is like a remake of this movie. I'm not going to touch that much into it, but there you go. Don't watch it. Wait until it comes to Tubi and then watch it, okay? But anyway, so... <laughs> Just so mad I spent money on that, but whatever, it's fine. But pretty much, um, what happens? We'll sort of go fund me for you for the five dollars. Please do, please everyone. Do. Please, please chip in and let's, let's get his me. five dollars back. Yes. Please, because I'm just like, ugh. But bring Stevens, I love you, so I'm glad you got some money out of it. Whatever. Ugh. Love it. Anyway, so we have her, uh, so we have these pledges here. The three people, you know, come and pretty much gonna be spanking these women on the butt with a paddle while our three pervert guys are like outside the window looking into this because that's what dudes do. I guess. And also, very a la Slumber Party Massacre. Very like, much so, right. Very much so. Just guys watching. Watching girls perform for the male gaze, even though there is no man around. Exactly. I don't buy this. They're not really. Buy it. No, no sorority would do this. I don't think so at all. But anyway, so. And then, okay, so you have that. Then you have, like, I think a whip is there, but they don't actually get whipped. They get paddled. No, just um, paddled. And I, I love their delays um, of, like, them just being like, oh, yeah, oh. but it's, like, kind of delayed which is weird but anyway and then they get uh covered in whipped cream because that's what you do as well uh with right. just you're you're not naked quite yet but on your clothes that you have on that you're in your underwear and all that which stuff like just, you do you have to take it off because it's just covered in yeah. the cream Mm-mm. yeah it's covered in cream so you know uh but they pretty much tell them like hey look like go take a shower and then come back down and we'll do your last part of your initiation and so they're like, okay, whatever, fine. Still have our pervert guys. The one guy drink a beer and is like f- fucked off his ass pretty much. Um, I and miss they decide, those days. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Where you can drink one beer, you're dainty as hell. You're uh, tipsy. Anyway, you're like, yeah. I love it. But anyway, so um, they didn't decide to not just be voyeurs, but they're going to break and enter now um, to where they go into the back door of this this house and they're deciding to now go and see these girls showering. Um, so as Pickens was saying... We have Michelle Bauer and Brink Stevens. I believe Brink is in the shower, just, you know, washing herself mm-hmm. off. And Michelle is in the mirror. And they're just, like, naked. Completely naked. Just full-on nude. Um, full-on yeah. nude. As, full-on bush. Completely, totally normal what girls do is mm-hmm. just hang out in the nude together in a bathroom. As rubbing do. each other. Lady, mm-hmm. Ladies, you know, you can let me know if that's true. But, you know, hey. Uh, well, my, yeah, I, my note actually around here is is basically to michelle bauer i was like is it really worth joining this sorority because i am not so far i'm not getting the perks i'm you've been paddled mm-hmm. um you have obviously security is not an, is a problem because these guys are yes. able to sneak in and spy on you exactly. is it really worth being in this sorority i don't think so is it really uh but anyway mm-hmm. so we got babs coming up the stairs because mm-hmm. the guys have gone upstairs and they're looking at these girls showering or the one girl showering mm-hmm. really the other one's just primping herself at the because she probably was like i'll show my boobs but i'm not gonna show everything like that uh right in the shower but i'll do it like you know later but pretty much these three guys are like three stooges style like outside of the 
fucking door. Um, and Babs comes up and she actually paddles the boys so that they fall into the um, bathroom. Her. Yeah, good for her. Love that. And uh, that's when you see Michelle Bauer's whole bush and her naked body. But then they're like, all right, like you broke an energy into our house. Um, so Babs is like, you know, kind of raking the guys over the coals. And they're all like, you know, we could call the police on you and blah, 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 blah. But we're not going to uh, because what you're going to do is you're actually going to help with this like last part of this initiation you got to do. And here's what the initiation is going to be. Now that you've gone through all this shit, what you're going to do is you're going to go to the local bowling alley, the local mall, I guess, uh, somewhere. You have to break into the mall, but go specifically to the bowling alley, which, why? Which, why? You have to go to the mall, but you have to go to the bowling alley specifically, and you have to go steal a trophy. And that's what you're going to go do for your last part of your initiation. It reminds me of, like, um, not really like this because it's more wholesome and on Nickelodeon. But if you ever watched As Told by Ginger, where the rich girl tells uh, Courtney, she tells her uh, Ginger to go steal a... Or no, they go and steal a sign for her for her birthday. Steal a sign. Yeah. Steal a sign. I don't know why, but, like, yeah, this is your episode Because she gets invited to Courtney. (gasps) You're invited to Courtney Plate's birthday? Oh my, God. Oh, the, oh my don't get me started on how as much i ginger. love as told by ginger that is oh my god that is good. one of the uh, oh my god me and on offline i think me and pickens are really going to talk about um another podcast we might do if we're going to put that time in to do an as told by ginger podcast um because i'm totally okay with it there is oh a really god. good Just, one go watch old school lane they do a really good rewatch of it as what well, oh my god what was it called oh we're in between. That's a really good. Uh, if you like As Told by Ginger, go listen to their podcast because it's a rewatch one. But we're gonna rival all y'all from doing it years ago because I'm a I would do it. Seal girl, <laughs> the real world. Oh my god. god, it's so good. Oh, and uh, Melissa Disney and just Emily Kapnick. Like, I'm sorry. Anyway, back to the okay. stupid movie. Yep. Yeah, anyway, back so, to the stupid movie. You have to talk about. Oh god. Anyway, so <laughs> like. <laughs> Why did I put myself into this? Why did we do this, Pickens? Anyway, but so okay, you gotta go steal this trophy now, okay? And that then we'll let you in the sorority. So they're like, all right, cool, whatever. We're gonna like go and <clears throat> we're gonna go over there now. So the two girls and the three guys they get into the car and they decide to drive out. After they do that, after they leave, we find out that Babs, her father, who we never meet, obviously, um, apparently owns the mall. And so she can get in really easily. And she's actually not going to have these girls like join this. She's just fucking with them at this point. Um, but we find that out and the whole evil plan, I guess. And they're like, you know what? Let's have some fun. We're going to go and sneak into the mall with them. And we're just going to fuck with them and all that kind of stuff. That's what we'll do. We'll just watch them kind of, I don't know, go break the law. I don't know. But anyway, so <laughs> we see the drive over to the mall. So you have... One of the guys driving. I did also mention to Pickens yesterday when we were DMing that these nerds are kind of hot, and that makes me mad because this movie's not that good. It's however, these it's guys not, are. But they are hot. the blonde one specifically. I was like, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel you. But anyway, so they're yeah. driving, and so I think like Brink is in. No, Michelle's in the front seat. I think Brink is in the back seat. And the one guy yes. who had a beer um, is about to, like, vomit. So he just, like, puts his head out of the uh, window, uh, which is fine. And he, like, kind of hurls, I guess. But he's just such not a good actor, really. It won't be the, it won't be the last actor. time. <laughs> it won't be. But anyway, so we, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we see Babs and her friends 
get there first because they get there before mm-hmm. these guys and girls do um and so they held up into camera room but we do also see that uh unfortunately they accidentally pushed uh the janitor played by buck flower into a janitor closet or some other closet he was just like in uh that has like this real fun red light going on and so he's kind of locked in there for a minute yeah and i will Um, i'll be honest i did get a chuckle out of because it's a repeating gag for a little while Mm -hmm. and i did get a a little nice chuckle out of that yeah yeah it's a little fun yeah um mm-hmm. but they're going to be spying on these girls in the camera room um and the guys too but these folks then end up at the the bowling alley um they go up in the car i don't know whose car it is but somebody's car but anyway so they end up there and they're like all right we gotta like break in now i guess um so they break in i guess and then the one guy still kind of vomits like on the side apparently because we need to know that he's drunk even though it doesn't come back in the story at all but anyway so we uh see them break and enter into this uh bowling alley which is an actual bowling alley that apparently now is a uh, public pool because it got torn down um in real life but anyway so they enter into this bowling alley and again they have to look for a trophy so uh while they are looking at this bowling alley they're looking for these trophies they end up finding um a nice young lady who is a criminal and she is stealing from the register and this is where we meet pretty much our main character i would say uh named spider just spider played by the one just and only quickly just spider uh which who was also... totally on set the exact same time the actors were in this scene uh-huh, because yeah. there's so many cutaways to like yeah. just her then just, just them just so she totally completely was 100 on set yeah. the same day as she them absolutely was that's a, that's such a good mm-hmm. point pickens really very much so mm-hmm. um yeah. anyway so we see oh and also a little fun fact about the sequel okay so Linnea Quigley is not in the sequel, and um, I think she was supposed to have been, but she apparently broke her leg before production happened, so she couldn't be in it. Although I think she would have technically done it, because I actually don't think she doesn't like this movie. Yeah, she she oddly talks... She likes this movie because she says this is one of the very few roles she did not have to take her clothes off for. That's so true. And actually, David Dakota apparently gave her the script and said, you can pick whatever role you want. So Mm -hmm. she was like... I'll do the one that doesn't take her clothes off. Bam. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But also, fun fact about the sequel, though, is that so there's like stock footage of the original movie in it um, to with like a, a voiceover from Kelly Maroney. We love you, Kelly Maroney. We love you. Okay, listen. I love you from Night of the Comet, Chopping Mall. She's in... Um, if you have Shudder, if you ever watch Scare Package, the sequel to Scare Package is out now, and she's in it, which is I'll really check fun. It out. You should; it's good. And uh, anyway, so like, um, Kelly Maroney, I love you. We all love you. I, I uh, love Fast her Times too. at she's Richmond High. Girl. Like, I love her. Like, yes, with um, also Pamela Pamela Springsteen, who plays Angela in the Sleepaway Camp sequels. She's in that movie. Where? She is. She has a very brief role. Like she has like one line, and it's in like I think it's in the cafeteria scene, like right I'm before the blowjob thing. She's yeah, 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 she's yeah. she's like the punk person. I'm watching that again because first off, I love that movie. Yeah. It's we're gonna cover. So I'm gonna cover it at some point. I don't know when, but it's gonna happen. And also, yeah, Kelly Maroney's in it. But anyway, uh, Kelly Maroney mm-hmm. plays the sister to spider named auntie snake that's her name 
Um, so that's why Kim Kelly Maroney's there. And also, spoiler alert, Pickens, I know it'll break your heart. Uh, she also plays the... We end up finding out that she's the mother of the one of the girls that survives in the end. Uh, because oh, that's a story. okay. Yeah. Of course. I think it's the dark-haired yes. one. Uh, I think it's the dark-haired one who is supposed to be pretty much Spider um, in that film. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, Kelly Maroney ends up being her mom. We find out at the end, and that's the big twist. Or whatever. Anyway, wow. that's a horrible movie. Don't go watch it. Anyway. So, we happen upon Spider... Our wonderful god of Linnea Quigley. And of course, you know. I would pay talks, her to degrade me. Yeah. She talks about what is this, the Midnight Wimp Bowling League, and like all this kind of shit. And she's so good. But she is. I love um, her line delivery. She either did not want to be there, yeah. or she was just really going in with the open bar and you know it was the 80s so who else know what other substances offered she was just she was like is the check cleared cool all right damn wonderful i love it um also a little fun fact about her she ended up uh i believe either being in a relationship or marrying uh one of the guys from uh night of the demons not Mm -hmm. the actors one of the special effects artists she ended up um they're divorced now, but I think they might have actually got married, which is kind of fun. But anyway, so with her help, though, they uh, break into this trophy room, I guess, to go and steal one of these trophies. But because they have to, like, because uh, there has to be a movie, um, they end up kind of tousling with one another, like fighting with one another or something, and they accidentally drop the trophy. And what ended up happening is when they dropped the trophy, they re- un- they released and unleashed this imp called imp uncle impy is what he calls himself voiced by a guy named dookie flyswatter first off this imp okay so listen he is freaky looking okay there's that which kind of serves the purpose but we i mean again we're also two white men who are like talking two white gays talking about stuff this this uh jive talking i mean listen joe bob loves the jive talking puppet and i i like any puppet okay but like this one just feels weird to me. I don't know what you think of Pickens, but I'm just yeah, like, what yeah, is this? It, it has, my, what I wrote down in my notes when I was watching, I was like, I, I really think um, they saw Nightmare on Elm Street and they were like, oh, Freddy does a lot of one-liners. Let's okay. do that for our guy. And then they're like, oh, but we need a little something, an edge or something. And I think, you know, I, guess. I feel like Jive was, in, it was an 80s scene. Like, oh, stewardess. I speak jive, you know, so yeah. I'm assuming. Which I think that was 70s actually for Airplane, but there's that. Airplane was 1980. Really? Okay. You, yeah. Okay, read me. Jesus. Okay, God. Um, I will say, listen, I don't mind Anthony Michael Hall as a person, I don't think, but I do not care for weird science. Similarly, I also don't care for Same. Ferris Bueller's Dave Off. I hate that movie. But anyway, um, really? okay, an we'll he's talk an about that later. We'll talk about that yeah, later. Can, I, I have questions. We can DM about that. Um, we can DM yeah, about that. Yeah, I have questions. Okay. Uh, I just don't like uh, Matthew Broderick in that role. Um, Edie McClurg is awesome. Uh, and also that guy who's the principal is a pedo, which, ew. But, uh, but oh, that, yeah, he, wasn't, yeah. he wasn't necessarily a pedo at the time, but like, whatever. But Edie McClurg yeah. is amazing. Uh, love her um and whatever anyway back to weird science though kelly brock is everything and robert rustler's everything too because i love him however anthony michael hall also 
not him, but his friend has that scene mm-hmm. where like he's wearing women's underwear by accident and he has a really mm-hmm. nice butt, which is fun. But the moment where they go to the bar with the um there's a bunch of uh people of color, African American folks. Mm-hmm. Um and he just starts talking in this weird accent. And it made me feel really uncomfortable yeah. and weird. So John Hughes, John Hughes had like you know like the the Asian character in Sixteen mm-hmm. Candles. Yes. You know, there's there's a little. Mm-mm. Anyway, it invokes a little bit of that, a little bit because I'm just like, yeah. And I don't think Dookie Flyswatter is a person of color, and nothing of that. So I'm just like, what the, what's going on here? But okay, anyway, to continue, so. As you do um, with this imp. Also, who knows the fuck what an imp is, but whatever. I kind of know what a djinn is, because a djinn's like a genie that's evil, I think. But, like, who the fuck knew what an imp was? But anyway, he apparently can give wishes. That's his MO. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to grant you a wish for freeing me or whatever. So, like, Jimmy wishes for gold. um, So he gets gold. Yeah. Taffy wishes to be the prom queen. Uh, so bring but she, girl you had a wish and that's what you wish for that's what you wanted you're in college we don't even you forget about high school you're like oh and they're done that uh-huh. prom queen okay carrie yeah but she gets right but she hey don't talk about carrie in this this podcast okay listen amazing but anyway so uh oh, i love but, carrie, yes but... love love but anyway so she gets to be in her dress and all that it's great and then keith who wishes to have sex with lisa michelle bauer um, but Linnea Quigley, so mm-hmm. Spider and Calvin don't do any wishes, though, which I guess they're is skeptical. Good. They're skeptical, but they get to all like all three of them get their little wish that they get. And then in the meantime, those other bitches, the three bitches from the sorority, um, they are watching this on the camera. At first, they're laughing because they're just like, oh, ha, 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 ha. And then they are like, what the fuck's going on with this thing? Like, was this a part of the plan? Like, no, it wasn't, I guess. Um and then once the wishes happen, I guess, uh, these three girls from the sorority um, end up getting, I don't know, like they end up getting turned well, into First, zombies. it's only two of them. It's, 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 them. it's Babs, like, yeah. So one gets like this, like kind of mutated face, like right. kind of like dead looking. Now, the second one, becomes basically the bride of Frankenstein. She does. And I will say this, and I will go on record. Every performance in this film is wooden, awkward, and horrible. However, however, this actress that plays the bride of Frankenstein mutation sorority girl, she, rent was due, the electric company was calling, saying that they were going to turn off the lights, and she needed to make money yesterday, yeah. And she performed. She does perform. She really does. She gave and a stellar performance. She does. And I think what ends up happening too, because they're freaked out. So those two become the whatever the fucks. And then Babs like tries to run out of the um the mall, mm-hmm. but she gets electrocuted because the doors are like electrified, because that's what the imp did. And so mm-hmm. then she like is like shocked back or whatever. 
And then we just go back to the people and their wishes or whatever. But anyway, so we then have this. um, Oh, this is where we find out the group. So these wishes are not actually real. Oh, also fun fact about the trophy. So it looks like it's metallic or like made of silver or whatever, but it's actually made of wood. It was made of balsa wood. Balsa wood. Um, Yeah. It was. But we find out in, in regards to wood. We find out that Jimmy's gold is not actually gold. It's wood painted as gold. We then see Taffy and her prom dress uh, is like tattered. in tatters. Tattered. And then the other issue is that so Lisa and whatever the fuck his name was uh, go off to have sex in this like locker room, which is fine. And Michelle Bowers is a very pretty lady with a very buxom. Oh, gorgeous. Uh, mm-hmm. Gorgeous. But uh, she's the one kind of doing everything. And it's interesting because I was thinking to myself, I'm not going to go that deep on this stupid movie. But, like, it was interesting that, like, this guy who was such a, such a, not, I don't say pervert, he kind of is. But, like, he was so into having sex with her, right? Right. He wished it. That's that. I literally, it. in my notes, said, um, yeah, you wished for this, bro. Like, yeah. You, but then he's, you like. Did he's like it's an interesting thing of consent kind of sort of if we want to read into it because she's just like ripping him off (laughs) like his ripping his clothes off and all this still get no dick which is very upsetting which apparently oh this is my little fun thing i was gonna have um Mm -hmm. so what it was was that i believe when it comes down to it that was supposed to be a nude scene but then he decided he couldn't do it and so instead you know being a gay, David Dakota was like, well, at least if you could wear tidy whities that'd be good. But then he ended up wearing those literal, they're not long johns, but like, they're long boxers they're that he it. had on. Like, almost sort of. I was just like, what is going on here? Like, what are we doing? But anyway, so, it, that was a weird scene, and so that's pretty much where that whole scene is and stays, for the most part. They don't ever, I think, actually think, come back to the lanes, but the three, well, the two. The two girls um, who have been zombified or whatever the fuck, I like the one of them, uh, not the Bride of Frankenstein lady, but the other lady is like putting cold cream on herself at some point, just being like, this is never going to clear up. But they kill Jimmy, they kill the the fat one, um, and they decapitate him and they use his head to roll the, you know, down the lanes because you're yeah, a bowling to bowl. alley. Yeah. To bowl. Yeah, That's I fun. did like that. I also did really enjoy that exactly exactly but anyway so we have that and so this is when spider and calvin are like oh shit like you know this shit's bad like we need to do something about it and then like i said lisa is trying to ferociously have sex with keith i think his name is uh they hide away from him or so spider and calvin they hide away from them in like a closet or some sort because they just run away they then find some kind of gun to like protect themselves against this because in the meantime while you see them running away i think that's when you see them you know rolling his head down the Mm -hmm. uh, lane or whatever so then you do have that they then end up shooting lisa um or no they shoot Rhonda. sorry so they shoot the one that's not the bride of frankenstein yet i think right yes shoot her uh and then they flee away or actually really because they're zombies i don't even really know if they die die yet but anyway who knows who knows but we do have uh we got that going on. And then after escaping her, though, uh, Rhonda then ends up. So Keith, I don't even know if he even got any, to be honest. He might have, I guess. But he's like now come back to try to find his friends. Or I guess his friend. I don't think him and Spider were friends, but like, whatever. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> they come back. And pretty much what ends up happening is one of the girls uh, takes him and uh, puts his head into this like 
stove or something and like pretty much i think, I think boils it's a his fryer stove. yeah something yeah. like that like they 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 do that um and then they also kill taffy though because they yeah they like rip her apart and they pull like her apart fair. they pulled her apart like taffy <gasps> oh wow you put it together you put it together deep there you go mm-hmm. deep. that explains why her name's taffy exactly but anyway so i believe all this time though because you see a little bit of like spider and calvin kind of like because at first they were kind of like calvin's interested in her i think so you see that like their little romance quote-unquote starts to go Mm -hmm. or whatever anyway so there was that that was fine um babs this whole time I guess just like was unconscious. Was knocked she then out. Yeah. W- knocked out. She then woke up either behind where the pins are or she woke up somewhere. And she wakes she, up she wakes up by the door, but then she she, she goes back into the bowling alley and, and then a uh, Bride of Frankenstein yeah. follows her and then Spider Bowl like yeah, bowls right. in the alley and that somehow kills her. Well, we think it kills her, I think. So yes, we think it we kills think her, it but kills then the her. imp so then the imp decides to possess Babs because yes. she's the only one left on Yeah, exactly. That, so on Team Sorority. Yeah. Right. So Taffy's dead, the other guy's dead, the fat one's dead, and I think these one of the zombie people is dead, I guess. But mm-hmm. after that all happens and then we find out that Babs I guess has been possessed, but we don't see her full form yet. We will see that later. Mm-hmm. But we see that Spider and Calvin, they run away. They end up finding the janitor, who's just a janitor. He doesn't have a name. He's Buckflower. But we find out that uh, this guy, I also love the janitor because he's just like, just some of the, he says something about an ant's cunt or something. And Mm -hmm. he says like some crazy shit, as Buckflower does. He would play, you know, vagrant, unhoused folks. I guess in movies that are in horror, he was in Wishmaster. He was in a couple different movies and whatever. He would have been a great crazy Ralph probably, but whatever. Anyway, oh, but, he uh, would have. I know, right? I mean, I love that one guy, Walter Gorney or whatever, but like he yeah. would be good too. Um, but anyway, so we find out, but but he also has a hearing problem because like he's talking to Calvin and Spider about this whole story of how the imp was summoned to help a lazy a lousy bowler by the name of David McCabe, who David McCabe is one of the pseudonyms that David Dakota used for like uh during his porn career or something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of fun. They trapped him in this uh trophy for 30 years, and then this guy I think like died or whatever. And so but then he was like also executed because he was blamed for the deaths of people who would like make fun of him or something. Because I guess the imp mm-hmm. killed people for this guy or whatever. Because uh, remember, it has to be a horror movie, so we have to have killing in there somewhere, I guess. But anyway, so what ends up happening is, but I love that he can't hear very well. So like, anytime that Spider says something, he says it, but he can't hear what she said. So one of the things was like, uh, you know, oh, like, uh, something of S, and be like, oh, well, you know, didn't he confess or whatever? Be like, oh, no, it was something like, it was just so, like, you're gonna have to watch it, but, like, I don't remember the exact Yeah, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's another, it's like, repeating gag. gag of, like, she'll yeah. say something, he'll be like, what? She'll say it again, what? And then he'll basically be like, oh, yeah. She, she's like, 
Just wait here and listen when we come back. What? Exactly. Wait here and listen when we come back. I can't hear you. I'm just going to wait here and listen until you come back. Yeah, like, that kind of thing. It's just really funny mm-hmm. and it's the one – it's the bit of comedy that's in this movie, I guess. Babs, I think, then I guess kills Lisa or something. This is what my notes say. Yes. Um, she kills her, um, but then she comes back in her full form, okay? Um, because oh, actually, no, icon. wait, beforehand – I think what happened is that doesn't the uh, janitor die at some point, right? Like he, um, I think so. Yeah, he gets killed by Lisa because she mm-hmm. starts off with a knife in her hand when she's killing the janitor after they leave because they're trying to find mm-hmm. like, okay, shit, like we gotta like try to find a way out of this thing, right? So, <laughs> but Lisa, who's the bride of Frankenstein, she has a knife in her hand at first, but then when she's chasing after Calvin and Spider, she has an axe all of a sudden, which is fun. Um, Why not? This is also, um, this is we're nearing almost the end of the movie, kind of, sort of, like we're halfway there, mm-hmm. or we're a quarter of the way there. This is also the most one of the most awkward scenes, because when you see the Bride of Frankenstein chasing after these people, they're chasing them back to the lanes or some bullshit, or to the locker room or something. Mm. They did not... Now, I watched this on Roku yesterday, and they did have music for it, where they had it over, where, you know, when they're getting chased by this this woman, there's mm-hmm. music playing. However, I'm pretty sure if you watch it on Tubi or some other place... There is a cut of this movie where you don't hear that, and all you hear is them just running, and the lady just, like, hissing. I think that, I think that happened to me with my cut that I watched. Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's no music, um, over that. It's just them running away from this lady, who I guess they end up killing, Mm -hmm. um, but mm-hmm. literally, um, or I think Lisa uh, Babs kills her or something. But anyway, like, yeah. there's just this random scene. If you watch this movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. Because I'm just like, oh, there was no money for music, apparently, or getting any kind of Apparently not. They ran out of budget. Know. They ran out of budget because I don't think... Yeah. So maybe when this came out in home video, maybe that's what they had. I don't know. Maybe. But anyway, so after Babs apparently kills Lisa... Um, this is where she comes back in full force, okay? Because she's got her wig, she's got her, like, whatever the fuck thing she's wearing. I did send Pickens a photo of this, and I do think he should do it for a Halloween costume at some point. You know, just I think I'm down. I think you should do it. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying. But anyway, uh, maybe this is what it was, perhaps. Who even knows? But, uh, they're chased by this lady with the axe. Either Mm -hmm. we find her before or after, Again, y'all, it doesn't really matter. This movie's Babs is the Babs is the final, I think, thing they have to like to kind like... of talk. Oh, and also, just, again, just to just to give you guys even more context, during like all of these death scenes and like uh-huh. chase scenes, the imp just randomly will pop in and like basically he just does. give like a one liner uh-huh. throughout all of this. Just he's just like to, nice. Yeah, he's, have a nice trip. See you next fall. See you next fall. Yeah, like we're it's like really that good. level bad. Oh, God, we're just looking at this. But anyway, so what ends up happening is that... Because maybe Babs gets killed. Oh, I think what happens maybe is Babs that Babs gets, gets killed. Babs gets the Molotov cocktail thrown yes, at her. exactly. So that gets done, and the, and the, the effects for that are just masterful. Mm-hmm. We have that, but then also... I think Frankie is her name, apparently. She, they, she chases them with the axe. But then what mm-hmm. ends up happening is that, because this is when they killed the janitor, and she killed the janitor and all that, but she then is able to get the, uh, Spider's able to get the axe from her, and then just, like, cuts her head off, I guess. 
which is mm-hmm. good. And then it like breaks the door. And exactly. So you're escape. right. You're right. Um, and then so Calvin goes and gets his the car that they were in. I guess it's his car, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. And he is attacked by Rhonda, who is the lasagna faced lady, mm-hmm. I think, or something, because she wasn't dead apparently. She then, um, in the meantime, while this is happening, Spider is able to trap Impy into a box. Mm-hmm. I think it's a tobacco box or something like that. Yeah. And Calvin uh, struggles to get the car. He ends up crashing it in the one car crash scene that we get in this movie because you know they had to pay some money for that of this like oh, you know dollar budget or $90,000 or whatever. Who paid for this movie? I have questions. But anyway, so <laughs> like there was that. So then, you know, Spider cries out for Calvin. He runs, she runs over to him and Rhonda is killed in the crash, but then Spider and uh, Calvin are okay. And they're our final couple, if you will. Yeah. Um, so then they get as to escape. They do, they do get to escape. And so uh Spider, so then this is like in the morning when the fucking bowling alley is about to open. Day breaks, Spider drives Calvin to her house on her motorcycle, which we don't actually see them go to her house. Uh, but she just says, Come to my place, and she like drives you know away. And then Uncle Impy is trapped in the box, um, asking someone to let him out, where he then asks somebody in the audience, like, hey, can you let me and then that's the end of uh that movie. That's um, the end. That's the end, y'all. Um, and that's the end of Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bolarama. Fun little fact about this that I found out that apparently Linnea Quigley and I don't expect her to. She did not know how to drive a motorcycle necessarily, but when you're an actor, you say you'll do whatever you need to. Oh, and yeah. so she, um, I think, like, had somebody give her, like, a little lesson of, like, okay, here's what you do so that you're not, like, gonna, like, die, hopefully. And so that's what ends up happening with there. And you see them go off into the distance. And then you have the fun sequel where they uh, pretty much say that Spider was the only one to get out, which is funny because no, she wasn't, but okay. Mm-mm. Anyway, um, and that is Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolarama. Now, as we already, uh, as you could already kind of gather from me and Pickens, uh, you know, we thought we would have fun with this because, you know, I love a good sleazy movie here and there. This one, I mean, I think there's better ones, you know. Oh, I was going to say, if you want a better sorority initiation movie, mm-hmm. watch The Initiation. Um, it's from 1984. Really? Okay. Uh-huh. Vera Mills from Psycho is in it. She's the mom really? of one of the characters. Okay. But it's actually... It's actually very, it's like almost the same plot minus the imp and like, you know, the the mythological stuff. But it's about a group of sorority sisters and they're tasked to break into the mall, which one of the characters' dads owns. And they break into the mall and then there's a killer on the loose. David Dakota, you might have some explaining to do because did you just yeah. take the Im- initiation and turn it into another movie? Also, and, you can and also just like watch a like mythological theme. Yeah. Exactly. You can also just watch The House on Sorority Row probably too. That's right. fine. Um, Hell Night. That's another alley. initiation Hell movie Night, that's you good. Can probably watch. Yeah. Uh, I like how we're just telling everyone to just not watch this. Or the you Big Lebowski also... if you want to watch a good bowling movie. <laughs> sure, exactly. Um, or you can oh. also just do what I did like two months ago or however long ago and just watch also like sorority row you can watch that too oh my god yes that is 
That's we should do a double feature of that and uh, Black Christmas 2006. Oh. So here's the thing though, because I've been thinking of this. So we might have you. We're gonna have you back for Black Christmas 2006 because we have yes. I have thoughts and feelings. I have I have thoughts. And we might put Sorority Row in there, too. I'm thinking of doing it more in the holiday season. But you know what? Sorority Row is all year round. Okay? It could be holiday. Oh, fun. it's any time. Any time is the t- right time yes. for Sorority Row. Oh, yeah. It or we'll so do, good. like, a separate episode on it. I don't know. But I'll have you probably on yeah. for either one. Because those movies, I just can't. Anyway. But, yeah. Oh, so we'll talk about regardless, it. Regardless, we'll talk about it. But, yeah. It's, yeah. But I will say, I, I give a little bit of something to this film of employing a gay person uh getting work love that for mm-hmm. him i also do give a little bit of this to like what we talked about earlier with like home video and stuff like that um this was a part of that where you could watch this at your local blockbuster or your local mom and pop shop and probably rent it um it was probably really cheap so like you know mm-hmm. There is some little bit of credit to the movie of being so bad it's good, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't think it's that great, but you know, to each their own, I guess. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I definitely knew I needed to cover it at some point because it is a cult classic, and that's what my whole show is. Um, I knew I needed to bring in somebody to do it, and I I know that you were going to be the right person for the job, Pickens. So, oh, I'm so glad uh, I was up yeah. to the task. Yeah, you it's, really were. It, it, it's it's it doesn't hold up as my as my younger self remembers it, but no. it is it is stupid. It's fun. It's yeah. you know, it's worth seeing once. It is worth seeing With once friends. if you're a horror person. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I think if you're a horror person and you like that kind of stuff, and you know, it's better than things. You know, or yeah. uh, I'll even say it's a little bit better than Veronica. And I will say for the record here. No, I'm not covering Veronica. I'm not doing it. Do you know about? Wait, we're gonna take a minute before we start to wrap up. Do you know about Veronica um, Pickens? Do you know about this? No. Okay, so I'm gonna tell you all about it because. Uh, okay, so Dead Meat also comes back into this. Mm. So another one of their commentary tracks they did was on Veronica, which is on Shutter right now. Do you know who Glenn Danzig is by any chance? That name rings a bell. He's the lead singer of the Misfits and also just dancing in general. Oh, um, uh-huh. Anyway, so he's also problematic as well. But he decided uh, he wanted to take his erotic comic series called Verotic and turn it into a movie called Verotica, which is a mix of violence and erotica. And have you seen, like, The Room before? I haven't seen The Room, but have you oh, seen yeah. The Room? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so The Room, I think, is even a little bit of a better film than Veronica. Um, oh, it's my God. Literally, it's literally like Glenn Danzig trying to do an anthology, and he has these three movies, or three shorts that he does, one of which is about a spider person, one of which is about is pretty much Eyes Without a Face, but not really. And another one that's like an Elizabeth Bathory thing. And when I tell you... Oh, and also fun fact about the sequel of Sorority Babes, none of the girls are in porn or anything, which is shocking to me. Yeah, you know, the the, the times are changing, you know. The times are changing. And, you know, these can just be like amateur actors. Also, I found out before we started, one of the boys in it is a TikTok star, apparently. You told me that. Yeah. I watched the trailer and I was like... 
it's he because he plays the at least like the ten seconds I saw him in the trailer. Yeah, he's doing his the same shtick that he does in his TikTok videos where he oh, plays really? like it's a POV of a frat guy and he does like this like that oh, okay. the the chewing from doing too much coke and like oh, the God. like the can't really focus thing like oh, very gosh. that. Anyway, okay. Yeah, so anyway, but we found out about that. But anyway, Veronica, back to Veronica cuz I'm probably never covering it. Anyway, one of the mm. commentary tracks that Dead Meat has on their Patreon is them with their friend uh who lives with them, I think. Uh Mm. who was on their old channel with drunk disney and shit but anyway Mm. so it's them looking at this movie they're like okay cool like whatever it's just them complaining for 90 minutes which is so fair because i'm telling you and you know what the thing is too we were talking about this over dm um because yes i did spend 5.99 on this movie uh the sequel right Mm -hmm. um but i feel a certain way about when people like danzig uh, puts this thing out for $20 and has people rent it for $20 and then they're given this horse shit or like Blumhouse charging $20 for people to rent like the craft legacy and it's a bull- piece of bullshit too. Right. Um, so I'm kind of like $5.99 was fine, I guess. But like, you know, yeah, Veronica's really bad, y'all. Like, I mean, if you didn't already know, and it's like legendarily bad, apparently he does want to do a sequel. But oh, I think it's interesting. I know. I think what's interesting about Veronica is that it literally is just Glenn Danzig. Obviously, has I don't care if he ever sees or hears this. I don't give a shit. He has so many yes men around him that I think he just took a million of his own dollars and was like, let me go make this movie. Because he literally like produced it, he wrote the music for it. I'm oh, pretty funny. sure he you directed don't put your it. own money in I think there. He, uh-uh. I think he directed it. Technically, he didn't edit it. It was some other guy editing it, but mm. he did pretty much everything else. And so he was like, literally, like they literally, like I think to save money. Apparently, this was his passion went, project. Apparently, apparently, mm. like because it was all done in L.A. Obviously, um, a lot of it was like done over at Skid Row, <laughs> which is Oof. you know a not great part of LA. Uh, again, the fact that you're like, Oh, let's go to this part of LA. That's just cheaper to go because nobody wants to go there uh, to go shoot my stupid movie. I have, and then give it to shutter to go and, and bestow upon us all. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just like, and Caroline Williams is in there, dude. She is in the last what? piece. She's not, she doesn't talk that much, but she is in it. Um, okay. and you know what though? You know what though? She needed a paycheck, and I'm glad she got one. And I'm glad all of those people got Good paid. Good for her. I'm not, I'm not glad that Danzig himself got paid, because he's a piece of shit who said that Hugh Jackman's portrayal of um, the Wolverine uh, was, like, really homo, like a homo. And he has said some weird shit in the past. What? Look it up, y'all. He said okay. something about that, where he... Because he apparently was... Uh, he was offered to play that apparently because if you didn't know he's really short and like muscly okay mm. but like he um was offered to do that but he didn't do it because i would only imagine that glenn danzig's not a good actor but anyway he yeah. uh he talked about how hugh jackman did it and he said something about it being gay or whatever and i was just like oh oh my gosh and again it was a different Stage. time y'all i know but like he just seems like a big piece of shit and also uh i will give credit to dead meat they said that they'll never cover it ever again and they never want to do it again we're never yeah ah, i get it we're never covering it again um so i'll i'll give it that because um anyway 
But to wrap this episode up, because this has been so... I don't even know if it's been fun. It's been fun to talk to you, though. Um, and just I've had a blast. Movie. It's been great. Um, yeah. But thank you so much, Pickens, for being on my show today. I really do appreciate it. Um, we'll have you back, I'm sure, of course. Um, of course, I'm just going to have to let you know uh, when I want to have you on. But um, yeah. I do appreciate you coming on, talking about this stupid, stupid movie. Um and yeah. you know did you want to Stupid plug anything movie. i know right did you want to plug anything before oh, we wrap up gosh. today just follow me on instagram uh party pickens um that's basically the social media i use the most mm-hmm. uh that's right interact the with the most yeah um he doesn't yeah i'm ex- as many thirst traps as i think he should but i'm just oh, you know. darling I can't, uh, if I was going to post a thirst trap, I am a thirst trap, darling. I don't have to post. I just am. That's true. No, I could That's not take true. myself. I don't I don't know how they thirst trappers take themselves seriously. I'm just I don't like, know either. Ooh, honey. I don't get Mm-mm. it. Anyway. I'm, All right, well. But I'm pretty easy. If you, sit, if you DM me, send me a nude, I'll probably do it. <laughs> Well, this is also Pickens making uh, part of his OnlyFans going to have to happen. I mean, hey, listen. <laughs> right. We're, we're, tight, we're testing out the OnlyFans thing, right? Mama needs <laughs> okay. another paycheck. <laughs> I know, right? Anyway, thank you so much, Pickens. I do appreciate it. And I thank hope you, you have a great rest of your day. Hope everyone else has a good rest of their day. And uh, thanks for listening. Take care. Yeah, Bye. You too. All right. Bye. As always, if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can do so at cultcinemacircle at gmail.com. In case you want to give any movie recommendations, give feedback on the show, or if you just want to say, hey, I'm open to all of it. You can also follow the Cult Cinema Circle podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram handle is Cult Cinema Circle, and Twitter handle is Cult Cine Circle. On those platforms, I tend to announce the different episodes I'm going to be doing. I'll make little Instagram stories when we have an episode drop and just generally interact with anybody on there that wants to interact with me. You can also follow me on Letterboxd at Jesse, J-E-S-S-E, Kremp, K-R-E-M-P, all one word. On there, I log the movies that I watch and write little reviews about them and just general foolishness over there. Be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast on your podcatcher of choice, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audible, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm pretty much out there everywhere. Be sure to leave five stars and a one to two sentence review so we can grow the audience more and also just spread the love all around. Be sure to tune in next week to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast where I'll be covering 2004's Saved. Mary is a good Christian girl who goes to a good Christian high school where she has good Christian friends and a perfect Christian boyfriend. Her life seems perfect until the day that she finds out that her boyfriend might be gay and that she's pregnant. As always, thank you for taking the time to listen to the Cult Cinema Circle podcast. And remember, I gotta tell you, kids, drugs are not the answer. Now you gotta do what it says on the TV and just say no. Take care. Bye.